Welcome to Fearless Mom. I love this series that we're in, prep school. We learned last week that you know, my, my niece and nephew, they go to a prep school. There is such thing as a prep school that prepares kids for college. And we agreed that home is a prep school because it prepares kids for life. Our job, our responsibility is to prepare our kids to live life out in the real world. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but it's a wonderful blessing, a great responsibility that we take seriously. We agreed last week that our responsibility is to grow our children so that they are at some point independent adults. Our goal is independence for our kids. No panic necessary if you have a newborn. It is a process. But we also agreed, and it's something that I have to remind myself of every day. I have a 24-year-old and a 22-year-old, so whatever stage you're in, we have to remember, if this is our job, if we're moving toward independence, that struggle builds strength, and independence builds confidence, and that's what we want for our our kids as they grow up and leave the nest. And so we are all about it. First though, we wanna welcome in our online moms. Online moms, our prayer is that you feel us cheering you on from Austin, that um, we are for you, we are with you, and we believe that you can do it. Now today, we are gonna be talking about bullies and mean girls. Isn't that just such a fun topic? Everybody's like, woo woo, that's fun. You know what, it may not be the, a fun topic, but it is a necessary one. And we're gonna find out exactly why today. We learned a lot last week about how even though our reflex is to protect, our responsibility is to prepare. So we, on purpose, look at the trends that are out there. We look at patterns in our world today, particularly with young adults, because those of us with younger ones, if you are out there and you have a preschooler or a toddler or a baby, then you go, what can I learn from this current information, from these current trends that can help me as I parent now? Because I wanna have that information so that I know how to prepare my child for his best life. Because even though I can't prevent every hurt my child will face, I can't predict every heartache my child will feel, I can prepare him for whatever comes his way. And so my responsibility, your responsibility, is to do our best to grow our children to be their best. And that's what we're gonna do today. And you know what? If you're not overwhelmed, you're not really hearing what I'm saying because the appropriate response when you do consider this responsibility, we say it, fearless mom, is to throw up in your mouth a little bit. And that is totally normal and that is appropriate, but we can do it. We can do it, but it does require supernatural intervention, supernatural assistance. And so let's pray right now before we get started. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the calling of motherhood. I thank you for the gift of technology that allows us to reach out and reach other moms. I ask right now, God, that you settle our hearts, settle our minds, and open our eyes and ears to what you want us to see and hear today so that we can be the moms we were created to be, to raise up these kids, to discover who you created them to be. 
In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I mentioned that we're gonna be talking about bullies and mean girls and everybody got really excited. Just kidding, you didn't. But that's okay. It's a necessary topic because it is a reality. And so it's our responsibility, if we know it's a reality, to address it, to do what we can to arm our kids. So let's first get on the same page. So let's define what a bully is. It's in your notes on page 11. A bully is a person who uses strength or power to harm or intimidate those who are weaker. A person who is habitually cruel or overbearing, especially to smaller or weaker people. A mean girl, everybody say mean girl. Yeah, act like you've never seen one, okay? We all have met a mean girl. Mean girl, a girl who uses, in quotes, girl aggression or relational aggression, nasty comments or looks, trickery or deceit, excluding people from events, spreading rumors. Let's go ahead and add in there social media attacks to manipulate others. A bully and a mean girl. We've seen one. Perhaps there's been a stage in our lives where we were one. Our responsibility as moms is to say, let me look at this information, let me look at these trends, let me look at these statistics and see what I can do now to prepare my child to handle this in the appropriate way. To be considered bullying though, we've thrown everything under bullying. If a child says to another child, no, you can't play with us. Bullied, bullied, my child got bullied in school today. We're going to the office. That kid probably needs to get expelled. Everything has been put under bullying. Sometimes, guys, it's just socialization. Sometimes it's socialization. For it to be considered bullying, two things have to be present. An imbalance of power, that's one thing. An imbalance of power, a stronger person, a more popular person, we put that in air quotes because we all know that sometimes popular just means powerful. Whatever it is, a bigger person, a person with some sort of power over another. There has to be an imbalance of power present for it to be considered bullying. It may be perceived power. You may think to yourself, well, there's no way my child could ever bully because my child is smaller than everyone else. That, that's, not, that's just one way a person can be powerful over another one. There's social power, there's emotional power. So for it to be real bullying, there has to be an imbalance of power. The second thing that has to be present is repetition. Bullying goes over and over and over again. One exchange, we're not gonna throw under bullying. It may be inappropriate. It certainly needs to be addressed if it's inappropriate. Maybe it's significant, address it. But for bullying, it's a repeated behavior. It's over and over and over again. And when we put every instance under the title of bullying, we actually minimize the real bullying. And so what we wanna do is make sure we're all talking about the same thing. For it to be bullying, there has to be persistence and the power play. There are different types of bullying. There's physical bullying, damage to body or property, verbal bullying, social alienation, 
or cyberbullying, which is more significant now, obviously, than it's ever been. And it's certainly something for us to be aware of. I don't think we have to be afraid of it. I think it's an awareness, and then we do what we can to arm our kids. Um, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that. But I wanna share some statistics with you about bullying and why I believe it's necessary that we address it, particularly those of us who have, well, those of you, my kids are not that little, who have the tiniest kids. Because getting your mind around it before you actually have to face it is the best time. Because now you can make a plan while, it is, while you're objective about it. And so, but if you're in the middle of it, it's not too late. There's no such thing as too early or too late to address it. So here are some of the statistics. 160,000 kids per day skip school for fear of being bullied. 160,000. Now, the three Bs of bullying, there, there are three roles that are played. There's the bullier, the bullied, and the bystander. So 30% of kids in this study and actually several, they all came, one said 20 to 30%, but it's about the same, 20 to 30%. A third said um, they admitted to bullying someone else. So the bullier, about 30% have been the bullier. About 30, one in three, about 35% have been bullied. So they've been on the receiving end. But the bystander, guys, over 70% of kids have witnessed bullying. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at each role that is played and we're gonna address each one. And as moms, we've gotta get our minds around the fact that our kid could be any one of the three. And we're gonna talk about that. Over 70% of young people say they've seen bullying. The truth of the matter is, when bystanders intervene, bullying stops within 10 seconds in over 50%, almost 60%, 57% of bullying stops within 10 seconds if a bystander speaks up. So man, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity, we have a responsibility now that we have the information to arm our kids, to be a hero, to be um, a bystander. Unfortunately though, peer bystanders intervene in bullying less than 20% of the time. Less than 20% of the time. It's not necessarily that they're bad kids. Their research was showing that they didn't know what to do. And, and they were literally afraid. I, I get it. If, if you, uh, it, it is scary. If you're watching someone being bullied, now I'm gonna step in and it can happen to me too. So I get it, but we have an opportunity to arm our kid to be the bystander who steps in. There are degrees of bullying for sure, and we have to acknowledge that. Remember, there does have to be an imbalance of power, and it is persistent for it to be considered bullying, but it can be anything from, um, no, you can't play with us at recess, no, you can't sit by us at lunch, all the way to physical harm or public humiliation, and everything in between, everything in between. But the truth of the matter is, um, you know, we've all seen it, we've all been around it, we've all heard about it, because bullying is, even though right now it's a hot topic and everyone's addressing it, and it is a significant phenomenon. It is, it is a significant thing. 160,000 kids skip school because of fear of bullying, we do have to address it. It's a big deal, but guess what? It's not a new deal. It's a big deal, but it's not a new deal. It's been around forever. Bullies and mean girls have been around forever. The truth is, had there been other women around, somebody would have looked at Eve with her fig leaf and said, really? 
a fig leaf. Is that the best you could do? You know, someone probably teased Adam that he named the giraffe a giraffe. That's as creative as you could be, Adam, come on. It's been around forever. The first instinct, first recur, you know, recording of Mean Girls is actually in, that I found, is in 1 Samuel. Hannah is wanting a baby and she cannot have children and she is burdened by that. And it's very obvious that she wants kids and cannot have kids. And so Peninnah, everybody say Peninnah. Yeah, if you read this, you'll wanna punch Peninnah in the throat. Um, oh, but that wouldn't be kind, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll get to that part. Peninnah, the Bible says literally, Peninnah, a woman who does have children, see power, kept provoking, there's the persistence, kept provoking Hannah in order to irritate her. You see, mean girls, they've been around forever. It's a power play, it's a struggle, and it's more often about the bullier than the one being bullied. It's been around forever. It's not a new concept. But because of that, we have an opportunity. We have the responsibility to address it. It's been around forever. That's a myth. Now, with technology, it is true. We now have more opportunities to bully. We now have more opportunities to be a mean girl and to use relational aggression. It's it's significant, but it's not new, even though there are more opportunities. And then another myth about um, bullies and mean girls is that it's only in middle school. It does peak in middle school. Studies show that that is the peak. And actually in middle school, those who bully are actually seen as the cooler people. Even when you talk to the other students, maybe those who um, aren't even participating in it, it is definitely something that elevates status of kids, which is concerning, but you can see how it happens. And that's what I used to tell all my, my kids all the time. I would say, you know, are they popular or are they powerful? Popular means people like you. Powerful means people are scared of you. Those are two different things. And so one time Emily came home, she got off the middle school bus and she was talking about this girl who was a year older. And she said, you know, she's popular. And I said, well, how do you know? And she said, she told me. And I said, oh, well, you know, people who are really popular, they, they don't really have to tell anybody, you know. Um, but anyway, it, it actually, the relational aggression with girls, studies show that it can start as early as two or three, which means it's human behavior. That doesn't mean the kid is bad. That doesn't mean the girl will always be mean. She's jockeying for position. She's trying to figure out where she fits in the thing. And so our responsibility is to be ready. Be ready and say, I am ready to address it if my child is any of the three, the bullier, the bullied, or the bystander. I have to be ready to see that my child could play any of those roles and then I have to be armed to handle it. And we said that it, it peaks in middle school and it definitely can happen before. We all know that it can continue on. Some mean girls turn into mean adults, you know, and, and some bully guys turn into just mean men. There are bullies in boardrooms and there are mean girls in every neighborhood. And, and um, you know, it, it's a, a myth that it's just, that this is just a phenomenon that we have to address with teenagers. We need to understand it so that we can address it as early as possible with our children, but we need to understand also that we as adults have to understand what role we play. And are we standing up? Are we, what kind of bold bystander am I when I see something going on? And so it, it's a concept we've gotta get our minds around. My first memory of Mean Girl 
We moved when I was, it was the summer before second grade. And you guys are probably too young. I don't know, maybe you've seen repeats of Happy Days. Raise your hand if you know what Happy Days to show. It's a great show, it's a great show. Richie Cunningham. And so there was a girl on Happy Days and she was Pinky Tuscadero. And um, anybody remember Pinky Tuscadero? Yeah, she was super cool. And um, she had a gang of girls. So. I moved to this new school. And um, again, it was right before, I didn't know anyone at this new school. And this girl asked me, um, do you want to be in our gang? Do you want to be a pinkette? <laughs> a pinkette. And I was a tomboy, and so I'm like, pink? No, I don't wanna be in that group. Literally, y'all, I have, it was 35 years ago, over 35 years ago. How old am I? It was 40 years ago, oh my word. And so, I, I can see in my mind myself on the playground and Sheila and all of her friends following her and walking by me and go, yeah, I'm not even kidding. Oh my word, like I'm gonna go at that point. Yes, please let me be in that group. Like, and, but it was every day and it was a power play. Is that hilarious? It's hilarious now. I was distraught at the time. But fortunately, you know, my parents didn't feed it. And um, <clears throat> You know, I moved on. I was never a pinkette, you know. I, I still don't like pink to this day. It's probably because of Sheila. And fast forward, you know, a few years, and then you have Emily, my daughter Emily. She was in kindergarten. And she comes home from school one day, and this is kindergarten now. She comes home, and uh, it was, you know, uh, let's see, probably a little bit into fall, so the weather was about to change. She said, Mom, can I get some of those tall black boots, you know, that they have at Target? And um, I said, yeah, that's, you know, um, sure, next time we're at Target, we'll look at them, we'll see. And she said, no, I need them for tomorrow. And I said, oh, for tomorrow? Why do you need them for tomorrow? Because this girl told me that I couldn't play with um, their group of friends unless I had black boots on. Mm -hmm. Five years old, five years old. The girl was not a bad kid, guys. She was jockeying for position. So I had an opportunity at that point to overreact and go, are you joking me? You will never have black boots and you tell that girl you can play, no. Or how do we avoid panic? How do we avoid overreacting? We prepare with the plan. So I'd love to tell you that I handled it well, but in my memory, uh, I was like, are you kidding? Are you joking me right now? You know, I did, I overreacted because I didn't have a plan. I wasn't prepared for it. I was completely shocked and chagrined and wanted to punch that kid's mom in the face. Come on now. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. But what we're gonna do today is we're gonna have a plan so that you are ready and you respond a little bit more level-headed than I did. Um, let's go over a few facts though before we get into it. We don't want our kids to ever be bullied. We don't ever want our kids to be the bullier. We don't even want our kids to be the bystander. But once you see these facts, you'll understand it's just a part of life. Bullies and mean girls have been around forever. Say forever. forever. Say it like you mean it, forever. forever. Very good. Bullies and mean girls are everywhere, everywhere. Well, I'm gonna take my kid to a small school. You know what? A small school has one cafeteria table. So if the girls are mean, there are no alternatives. And odds are, if you're at a school, there are people there. And if there are people there, then the odds are they're jockeying for position. 
It is humanity. We cannot avoid it. We cannot shield our kids from it. We can prepare our children for it. And that's what we're gonna do. It's everywhere. Saying I want my kids to go to a school with no bullying is like saying, I want to live in Seattle with no rain. (laughs) Right. So I can either walk around and ignore the rain or I can get myself an umbrella and I can be prepared for the rain. That's what we're gonna do with our children. You never outgrow bullies or mean girls. So as much as we're talking about children, this is an opportunity for us to say, what's happening in my life? How do I handle bullies? How, how do I handle mean girls? Am I ever a bully? Am I ever bullied? And what do I do when I'm a bystander? It's an opportunity for all ages. When you're prepared with a plan, you're less likely to panic. When you're prepared with a plan, you're less likely to panic. That means me as mom, let me prepare myself. And then that means me for my kid. Let me prepare him or her. I need a plan for me and I need to give my kid a plan too. So I have a baby. This isn't really for me. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Prepare now and you're less likely to panic later. Prepare your child now. What can I do in my home right now? I have a one-year-old, we don't have any bullies. But you can teach your child to be kind, you can arm them with courage, you can do all of those things now. We're gonna talk about it all. No one, there's there's no stage that is not touched by this topic. All of us need a plan so that we're less likely to panic. What is my job? What is my responsibility? What is your job? Our job is to teach and to train our kids, to teach and to train our children not to be a bully or mean girl, not to be a bully or mean girl. My job is to teach my child kindness, love one another, gentleness, respect for others, understanding my kid is a kid and will make his own decisions. There are two kinds of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. When it's unacceptable, I address it and we move on. We move on. But my job is to teach my kid not to be a bully or mean girl. We're gonna talk more about this when we talk about you know, emotions and how to express it later on in the semester. Look at John 13, 34, 35. A new command I give to you, this is Jesus talking, love one another just as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you what? Love one another. Jesus is pretty clear. Our responsibility is to love one another. My responsibility as mom is to teach my child. Your job here is to love one another. Your job is to love one another. So don't be mean. Is it okay to be mad? Yes. Is it okay to be mean? No. And so we'll talk about that in in emote control, about how to handle anger, how to handle frustration. And then second, my job is to teach and train my child how to respond to a bully or mean girl. How to respond to a bully or mean girl. And that's the other two. That's the other two roles. If I'm bullied, how to respond. And then if I'm a bystander, how to respond. So I teach my kids how to respond If I'm the one bullied, I teach them that you have choice. I empower my child with choice. You can't control that other person, but you sure can control how you respond to them. And so I arm them with opportunity. I arm them with skills. We're gonna get to that about how to do that. And then I teach them not to ever tolerate 
a bully or mean girl in their presence. Speak up for someone. Stand up for someone being bullied. You teach them love and you teach them courage. You teach them how to handle when they see it happening. Love and courage. Two great uh, resources. We now have the movie Wonder. I don't know if you've ever seen Wonder. Um, I think it's PG, so use discernment. If you have the tiniest ones, there may be a little language in there. If you have elementary, it's, it's a book also, a great book to read, but it gives a perspective. It allows kids to see the bullied, the bullier, and the bystander. It allows them to see and feel all of those feelings. And it's a great opportunity. And then the book, I think for girls, The Hundred Dresses. The Hundred Dresses is written from the perspective. It shows a lot about the bystander. The bystander, there are a lot of different roles actually. So there are four degrees of bystander. There's the person that... Um, you know, it's kind of side by side with the bully, never says anything, but definitely is a cohort. And then there's the person who stands there and laughs and gives the bully an audience. And then there's the person who stands there, doesn't like it, but doesn't say anything. And then there's the courageous bystander. There's the bold bystander. That's what we want. We want the bold bystander. We gotta teach with wisdom and discernment and we gotta empower our kids with wisdom and discernment. But we teach them, number one, that you have control. You can control how you respond if you are bullied. And then number two, be a bold bystander. Be a bold bystander. One expert took a close look at some of the kids who were bullied. And when they were interviewed and when they were talked to about it, Friendless and lonely, they don't know how to say stop it. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to say stop it when a bully attacks. And worse yet, many blame themselves, imagining that there must be something wrong with them. They must deserve it. They must be asking for it. And then it's a vicious cycle. So now they're walking around in that fear. They're walking around in that self-image and then they look like a victim. And so it's just repeated. So we have an opportunity. We know that's what they're saying. So how can we arm our kids? Again, I can't you know, prevent every hurt my child will face. I can't predict every heartache they'll feel, but I can do my best to set my kid up for his best. And so how do I do it? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad that you asked because here we go. Foster, and if you will look, this is another acrostic, F-E-A-R. I just love it when it, that happens, and so I don't want that to go unnoticed, okay? F-E-A-R. For the F, foster trust with your child through open communication. Those of you with babies and toddlers, and you're going, what is it, what can I do now? Now you create that environment in your home, the culture in your home. I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. My parents like me. This is a place where I can say anything. This is a place where I can feel anything. This is a place where they like me and they think I'm awesome. And so you start creating that culture. Doesn't mean we tolerate every inappropriate behavior. Actually, they feel safer when we don't tolerate the unacceptable behavior, but we'll get into that another time. But we create that environment in our home now. And so you say, you know what? I have a teenager. She never talks to me. He doesn't wanna have anything to do with me. Then it's your responsibility to go, okay, God, I'm begging you to soften his heart, to soften her heart. Show me how I can work on the relationship. 
Show me how I can, I can communicate to him that I like him, that he can trust me. We say, trust me, trust me, but they've got to feel it, you know? And so you pour in those hours now playing games, family dinner, family breakfast, whatever it is, play and laughter, communicate ease and safety to children. Don't underestimate it. Well, I'm not a funny person. Then turn on a funny show or get a joke book. <laughs> Tell your children that you like them, that you like being their mom. Sometimes you have to remind yourself, wait, I like this, I like this, I like her, I like her, I like him, I can do this. And we go back out, I'm so glad you're home. You know, maybe before the bus, you need to, you know, eat a piece of chocolate, I can do this. And you're like, I'm so glad, I love half days, <laughs> you know. Family dinner, family breakfast, no screens, only conversation. We love to blame the teenagers. My teenager won't put down his phone. Where's your phone? Where's your phone? No guilt, just opportunity. Watch TV shows and play games that your kids like. Joseph's favorite thing for me to do was to watch a show with him, dot, 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 and not ask questions. <laughs> I'm like, he didn't even know if I'm in the room. It didn't matter. I was sitting there, just sitting there. I didn't know what was going on. You know what irritated him most? When I asked what was going on. <laughs> so I was just trying to laugh at the right parts, you know. Have firm rules about screens in kids' bedrooms. My mom called me recently and said, what's your rule about screens? And I go, every, every family's different. I can tell you what we did. I'm not gonna tell you what you should do. I'm not gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what we did. It was important to me, I believe that screen time facilitates isolation. So I monitored it, I measured it, because I felt like if I wanted to create a home where there was trust and there was relationship, then I had to make sure we had opportunity to build relationship. So did they have screens? Yes, I think they need to learn how to monitor that, how to self-monitor, how to manage it. It's a part of their life, it's gonna be a part of their life, but there were clear boundaries. And were ours extreme, probably more extreme than their friends. And when their friends were over, they followed my rules. That's okay, my house, my rules. But I wanted to facilitate relationships. So we made sure that when they were on their screens, it was in common areas. And so then we would have no screen time. We would have, but I, I wanted to, for me, the significant point was relationship. Is this interfering with um, family time or community time? Does that make sense? So. You come up with your, your rules. Foster trust through open communication, which means don't overreact or correct immediately when your child tells you something. You wanna talk about self-control. A child tells you a story and you wanna go, you what? You know, I'm just listening, I'm listening, trying not to overreact. Oh, okay. And then use wisdom and discernment about addressing. But listen more than you speak. Listen more than you speak. Yikes. Emily's probably thinking, yeah, mom. Yeah, I didn't do this right. Learn from my mistakes. Every day, pray for wisdom and discernment. Actually, every time you think about it. Every time you think about parenting, go, right now, I need to stop. God, please give me the wisdom and discernment I need to make the best decisions I can. Please give me the wisdom and discernment I need. The E is empower your child with responsibility. Putting the responsibility back on your child, you choose to be a bully, you choose to be bullied. No, 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 no. You choose how you respond to the bully. 
When I say empower your child with responsibility, empower your child with choice, they must understand that there are certain circumstances that they cannot control. So understanding these things around me, I cannot control. These people, I cannot control. Which is, feels so helpless, doesn't it? So now let me focus on what I can control. Help your child articulate what they can control. I can sit at a different table. I can play with other kids. I can choose to play with other kids at recess. Look at the situation. Help your kid figure out, you know what? You can't control him. Acknowledge that. Your kid didn't choose to be bullied, but your kid can choose how to respond. Giving them that responsibility gives them hope and control. Hope that if there are things they can control, hope that it can get better, and then control, I can control my responses. And so we wanna empower them with that responsibility. Now, as parents, so if your child is bullied, if, you're, if this is a, a pattern and you're seeing it, you're praying for wisdom and discernment every day, every hour of every day, every minute that you think of it. And then when your child comes home, you listen, you listen, you give them, them tools and strategies and you arm them and you validate their feelings and you acknowledge that it hurts, but give them opportunity to, you know, to control what they can and to respond. There are times when you have to jump in. There are. We say, you know, you don't want to, we don't know when to step in and when to step back. Wisdom and discernment. Talk to people who've been there before you. Talk to your husband. Talk to, and God, what, what's the best thing? How, when do we need to intervene? There's not a blanket rule. Like, I need to intervene when this. Every situation's different. Use wisdom and discernment. And there are times when you can intervene and you can go in and you can go in with your child rather than for your child. Does that make sense? I can be with them, but still let them talk. Still let them have a voice. There are other times when it's too traumatic and you need to go for them. And so that, that's, that's, that requires wisdom and discernment. When do I step in is different for everybody. A is arm your child with truth. Arm your child with truth. The study showed that these, these kids who were being bullied repetitively Oftentimes they felt helpless. They felt like they deserved it. Got to arm them with the truth. Starting at birth, God created you. You're a mighty warrior. You're a child of God. You, are, you start speaking, you start teaching them scripture. I can be strong and courageous. My God is always with me. I'm never alone. You partner with the local church. You go, I don't know all those scriptures. You find a church and put your kids in the children's ministry. At LHC Kids, we know these trends. So we are strategic when we do our curriculum. And we say we are gonna teach scripture. Our scripture memory is chosen so that these kids have this embedded so that they are armed when they go to school. It's all on purpose. It's all on purpose. It's all part of the strategy. You don't have to do it by yourself. Partner with the local church to arm your kid with truth. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This was my theme verse in high school. This was my cling to. And I'm like, is being good worth it? Is following the rules worth it? I'm the only one who didn't get invited to the party on Friday night. My parents were so cool, we played boggle. Yeah, they made me feel like that's okay. It's okay, you're here, let's have a party. 
we'll play boggle, family night. It's family night tonight, it's family night. And so I would think, those who hope in the Lord, I will wait and I will, your kids need to be reminded of that. It's worth it. Joseph would come home from middle school. Mom, I'm tired of being the good kid in the locker room. He cried one time and I'm like, I was never in a locker room. Mac is out of town. I can do this. Let me have a plan. (sighs) Joseph, I've never been in a locker room. I don't know what it's like, but I can tell you, being kind is always the right way. You can be strong. You can be strong. You can stand up for yourself. There was an instance where he did have to stand up for himself against a kid who was, (laughs) this kid's calf was Joe's waist, you know? But we'd empowered him, we'd prepared him with a plan, and um, he did stand up to him. He came home shaking that day, but he had stood up to him. And I would say, you never regret doing the right thing. You never regret doing the right thing. That I can promise, that I can promise. And then last, ready your child with a plan. That's important. We, we talked about it at home. We prepared a plan. We said, you know, um, Emily, you are strong girl. You could be the mean girl and you would win. I have no doubt in my mind, but that's not who God created you to be. And we don't believe that's really who you are. We believe that God created you to live your best life submitted to his plan. And he says, be kind and love one another. And he'll give you the strength to do that. Is that the always the easy way? No. Is that always the popular way? No. It's always the best way. God's way is always the best way. So we arm our kids with a plan. This is what you're going to do when this happens. You know what? One thing I read, uh, we said to actually practice with your kids standing and walking confidently. Role play. Okay, show me how you're going to walk into class today. Show me how you're going to, let's, let's have a plan today. Let's prepare. Because remember how I said, if I'm a mom and I'm more prepared, then I'm less likely to panic. I want to make sure my kid is prepared so he's less likely to panic. I want to make sure she's less likely to panic. So we're going to role play. We're going to act it out and we're going to walk confidently. Show me what that looks like. Oh girl, I'm getting out of your way. You're walking confident today. That's right. And so we, we play it out. You know, you can be strong and courageous and kind. You can be. That's what you were created to be. Strong, courageous, and kind. God says, lean on me. Lean on me. I will give you that strength. Hey, mom, you're thinking this is too much. I can't do it. I don't want my kid. Guess what? Your kid will face it and it's your job to arm him. You can do it. You can be strong and courageous. You can, you, you've got a, a girl who's kind of sassy. You take that sass and you channel it. We don't want to change her. We want to channel it. Use that sass for good. Use that strength for good. You've got a kid who maybe is, is a little quieter. It's great. Celebrate it. Give him that quiet strength within. You can do it. He can do it. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your guidance. I thank you for your promise to give us what we need. We call on you for wisdom and discernment. We call on you for strength and courage. And we lean in for your love to feel it and to give it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a great reminder that God is not surprised by the bullies and mean girls in our lives. He's been dealing with them since the dawn of time. 
and how empowering it is that while we can't control the way that other people act or the things that they say, we can control how we approach and respond to them. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Julia Fortman. I'm a mom who volunteers here with Fearless Mom. I have uh, three children. I have a son in sixth grade, a son in fourth grade, and a daughter in kindergarten. And in addition to that, I've been involved in public education for 20 years now, almost exactly to the day, which is pretty crazy. Um, and through the years, my favorite role that I've had um, in education has been teaching adult learners. And so I'm thrilled to get to share this passion with you each week. Um, and after lectures, I'll come up and I'll lead us through a time of reflection where we can reflect upon and we can process the things that we've heard. Because no matter how uplifting or empowering or brilliant Julie's lectures are, we're not blessed by what we hear. We're blessed by the things that we take action on. And so... As we know, there are millions of things out there that could change and they would positively impact our lives, but there's only one that we have control over, and that's ourselves. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14 says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And that is the mindset that we want when we go into reflection. If you will, turn in your um, spirals to the next page where it says self-reflection. I believe it's page 13. And if you're following along online, um, at the bottom of your Fearless Friday emails, you can find a, a link to download and print these um, notes pages where you'll find the reflection and the discussion questions as well. Um, but if you don't have uh, your notebooks, if you didn't bring it today, or if you're at home and you don't have uh, the notes page printed, grab a journal, a spiral, a scratch paper, anything you can find. I mean, J.K. Rowling started writing Harry Potter on paper napkins at Starbucks. So don't let not having the materials uh, get in the way of, of you um, spending a few times to reflect. Um, if you've been here before, this will sound familiar. We use the acronym SELF as a reminder to what we can control. The S is for stop. Stop to think and pray, asking God to help you see things as they really are. The E is for evaluate. Take an honest look at your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. The L is for list. We'll take a moment, we'll write down the actions we can take or the changes we can make this week to become more of the woman that God has called us to be. The F, is the tough one. It's for the fight. It's for committing to digging in your heels, standing strong and acting courageously when you walk out of these doors or when you finish listening or watching online and get back into your life. So as we move into reflection, music will come on and we ask that those of you here um, remain seated and stay quiet so that you don't disturb anyone around you. Um, for uh, those of you watching online, music will come on for you too, um, and so that you can take a few minutes as well. But I do get it. Some of you have been up 37 times last night. Some of you are still exhausted from the battle that you lost with your toddler this morning. And some of you have no space left in your brain to think about one more thing to do this week. And if that's you today, take these two minutes to just sit still and breathe. How often as moms do we do that? Those of you who can, though, I do encourage you to write something down because research shows that you're 42% more likely to accomplish your goals just by simply writing them down. And that's a pretty good return on your investment. So if you will, grab your pen and we'll get started. 
and then I'll be back in two minutes to wrap up and pray us out.